Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I'm so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm on my own again, and I am talking all about control patterns, which is something that comes up really often in sessions for us, whether that's in relation to our control patterns as parents or our children's control patterns or both. And so I thought it might be helpful to devote a whole podcast episode talking about what these are, why we use them, and how we can bring more compassion to ourselves and to our children around control patterns and how we can support ourselves in these moments. So hello, if you are new to the podcast, uh, my name's Joss and I'm an aware parenting instructor. I love talking about all different aspects of aware parenting. And if you're coming back to listen, having heard some of the other episodes, then welcome back. Thank you again for your reviews, your comments, for sharing the podcast and so on. So control patterns are something that Dr. Salitha Salter, who is the founder of Aware Parenting, describes really beautifully in her books. And they are basically habits that we use, often unconsciously, in order to protect ourselves when we have painful feelings. And these are things that we all have as humans. And they're very powerful mechanisms that we use to to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves safe when, for whatever reason, we're feeling emotional pain, we are responding to trauma and stress, and we don't have the supports in place to be able to express, to release, to heal, and to go through these natural biological processes to remove stress and trauma from our bodies. And so instead, we start to use these beautiful, powerful, protective behaviors to keep ourselves safe whilst we repress our feelings. And often when we don't have the support to to listen to our painful feelings, or perhaps our parents are not aware of this information, perhaps we as parents in that moment don't have capacity to listen, perhaps we've had experiences where We've expressed painful feelings and that has been met with further challenge for us. Perhaps we were responded to with anger or maybe we were punished if we expressed feelings. Maybe we experienced withdrawal of love. Maybe we experienced being shamed or maybe sometimes we were heard and sometimes we weren't. But for whatever reason, these control patterns are are beautiful ways that we develop in order to keep our feelings at bay, to keep it all suppressed and held in so that we stay safe and still feel loved by our carers. So perhaps we internalize the belief that it's not safe to to express feelings. Perhaps we internalize the belief that if we cry or express rage or express other feelings, then we would be teased or we would be punished. 
And these beliefs then become very strong for us and stay with us well into our adult years. So it could be perhaps that some feelings were welcomed in our family and others weren't. Perhaps it was okay to express sadness, but it wasn't okay to express rage. And there's all kinds of reasons, of course, to explain why this might be the case. And the impact on us is the same, that it isn't experienced as safe. We don't have that emotional safety to be able to express. And so we repress our feelings. And in order to repress feelings, we need to have these these powerful habits in place so that we can keep those feelings at bay. And often when we are very young, of course, our parents repress our feelings. And often it's not because they're aware that that's what they're doing. But they are often repressing our feelings by distracting us. It could be that they had beliefs as well that they developed around it not being safe to express feelings because probably they also have their unhealed trauma and their unexpressed feelings from their childhood too. Perhaps they don't understand about the beautiful, natural, innate healing power of crying or having tantrums and rages. And so parents often stop their children and their babies from crying. And this starts at a very young age. And it's something that is very widely believed to be true in our culture, that if we stop a baby from crying, then we are taking away whatever it is that is causing the distress. And so often babies learn that it's it's not safe to express feelings and they learn to repress feelings by being rocked, by being patted, by often by being breastfed by being jiggled or being sung to. There are all kinds of different ways that they learn that feelings must be suppressed. And yes, all of this, as I said, create these beliefs in us that it's not safe to express feelings. And often we then grow up through our childhood and into adulthood with very similar control patterns in order to keep us repressing feelings that we experienced as babies and young children. And so we just learn very early on in our lives through this conditioning process and through how we were responded to that we need to dissociate and disconnect from our feelings and from those sensations in our bodies. And we need support to be able to do that. We need help from from our bodies to do that. And that is what control patterns are. So, yes, it's inevitable that all of us are going to be having control patterns, both as children and as babies and as adults, because, yes, our culture does not encourage feelings to be expressed. And there's a lot of discomfort around crying. And I think it's really helpful sometimes as as aware parents, we come into aware parenting, wanting to listen to all of our children's feelings, wanting to always be there to hold space when when our children have feelings to share. And of course, that's not possible. So no matter how closely attuned we've been as parents, no matter how much attachment pay and listening to feelings we've offered our children, it's really inevitable that they're going to be developing control patterns. And often those control patterns are really closely connected to the mechanisms that we use yeah, to suppress feelings too. And so, yeah, it's it's inevitable that we are, if we are not able to use the natural mechanisms of crying and raging to to release and to heal and to restore our our physiological and and psychological balance in our bodies, 
then yes, we're going to have to use these beautiful control patterns to repress those feelings. So there are lots and lots of different things that can become control patterns. And actually, almost anything can become a control pattern. So it varies on the age of our children and on our ages too. So often for for adults, control patterns might be shopping, might be scrolling on social media, watching Netflix, could be drinking alcohol, taking drugs, it might be biting nails, could be keeping ourselves very busy, might be reading, it might be we're around food. And you know, many of the things that we use as control patterns are also socially acceptable and some of them aren't. So for example, you know, an obvious distinction would be between having a couple of drinks every night would be often regarded as, as a normal way to relax and unwind. Whereas you're taking hard drugs, of course, would be seen to be uh, a, a problem for many adults. And yet, really, both of those things are doing the same thing. And that is holding our pain in place so that we can survive it. For older children, things that could be control patterns, again, could be around using screens and other technology. That's frequently a control pattern for many of our older children. Could be being you know, keeping really busy. It might be also drinking and, and smoking, taking drugs. It might be twirling hair, biting nails. It could also be reading and keeping, yeah, keeping really busy. And for younger children, it might be uh, being asked to be played with all the time. Play with me, mommy. Play with me, mommy. It might be also um, asking for sugary treats a lot or, or other foods that they particularly want, but asking in, the, in a quite urgent way. It could be holding or playing with certain toys, having having like a security blanket or a teddy that they need to be with in order to fall asleep or, or at times when they have big feelings coming up. And for babies, it's often sucking thumb, using a dummy or a pacifier breastfeeding or needing to be rocked or patted or sung to in order to, to suppress tears. And as I said, yeah, all humans are going to have control patterns, no matter how closely attuned our parents or we as parents have been to our children. It's, it's inevitable. And sometimes it can be quite difficult because all these things are, are many of these things are also part of everyday life. And many of the behaviors that become control patterns are, are also things that we genuinely need or, or like to do or enjoy in order to meet our needs other than just to repress our feelings. So, for example, you know, many of us would enjoy reading books or, or watching a movie. And, and we all, of course, need to eat food and uh, where parenting really supports and encourages us to be breastfeeding. So it can be really tough and tricky to distinguish whether something is being used as a control pattern or is simply something that you or your child are enjoying or is meeting some other need. And what I find the easiest way to be exploring and distinguishing and teasing out what behaviors are being used to suppress feelings and what behaviors are just being used as, as a to meet needs or, or to be enjoyed is to try to become aware of, of that quality of feeling that is underneath their behavior. So when we can see that there's a sense of urgency 
or a sense of inflexibility or some kind of demand. I need it now, 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 now. This would all be suggesting that in this particular moment, this behavior is being used to suppress feelings in in that moment. So perhaps, yeah, their behavior is suggesting that they really, really want something or must have something now, or perhaps they're asking for something really repeatedly or excessively. Or is it something that they're asking for as soon as they become hurt or or if they get if they fall over and hurt themselves, for example, are they immediately asking for that thing? Or when you can see that they're upset, is it something that they're really wanting? And so, yes, it's this this difference between feeling that we desperately need something rather than just we want something. And that can be a, a powerful distinction. Perhaps we might notice ourselves or our children becoming very detached or, or being a bit zoned out and dissociating. Or as I said, yeah, perhaps they're being very inflexible about wanting something and that's something that they're asking for in order to, to comfort themselves. And all of all of these signs obviously apply to us too. So perhaps we're noticing ourselves going into wanting to watch another episode of Netflix or eating another bar of chocolate or scrolling for hours on, on social media. And again, there's a real difference between, you know, enjoying and savoring some chocolate from time to time to that quality of just like kind of stuffing ourselves, which is something that I, I do at times too. And yeah, so it's it's bringing our awareness to, to the quality of, of feeling that is underneath these behaviors so that we can see whether it's being used in that moment as a control pattern or not. I think one of the other things that's really helpful to remember about control patterns is this understanding, as I've said before, that this is control patterns are something that we all have and, and that sometimes we can feel really stressed or, or tense or angry about control patterns. Sometimes we might see that they're really a bad thing. We might berate ourselves or our children for using these mechanisms. We might be telling ourselves that if our child is is on screens all the time, it, it must mean that we've somehow failed. As a parent, we might feel guilty. We might feel frustrated. We might feel annoyed with our kids when, when we're seeing them going into these patterns. And of course, I keep trying to remember and to remind clients too that this beautiful phrase from Marion Rose about how when we're going into repression, the the opposite of that, the the antidote to that is is connection. And of course, if we're going into this judgment about ourselves or going into deep feelings around what's going on, it's very hard from that place to be offering ourselves or our children the connection and the compassion that they require in order to help shifting these behaviors if we're also having big feelings or or telling ourselves that it means that we failed or whatever as a parent. And so part of that changing that response that we might be having to the control patterns is to remind ourselves, and I've said it again and again and again, is that you know, it's so normal for all of us to have some control patterns and that our children will have some control patterns. My children have control patterns and I've been aware parenting now for 17 years and they still frequently need to use these control patterns in order to suppress feelings. And this is after lots and lots and lots of listening to feelings and lots and lots of lots of attachment play. 
that can be a really helpful thing. So when we start to, to notice that our children are engaging in a control pattern or that we are engaging in a control pattern, we don't need to, to stop them from doing it. And if we're noticing ourselves going into judgment of our children or of ourselves, we can instead choose to respond by just bringing our awareness to notice what, what's going on as a first step. And if we start to go into big feelings or to have these big, difficult thoughts ourselves, can we reach out for some support? Can we reach out to our listening partner? Can we have some, a session or two with an aware parenting instructor just to get really clear about what our children are doing, what we're doing, and how we can support things to shift? And that starts with you know sh- how we can support ourselves to shift, to put down those guilt sticks and those shame sticks to, to stop that internalized voice that many of us received of criticism and harshness to to stop going into that sense of, of that we failed that we've done something wrong that we've damaged our children in some ways or that there's something wrong with our kids and to share the big feelings that come up for us and I'll be sh- sharing some reflections about this whole process at the end of the episode so yeah, as I said, when we, when we judge things, it makes us feel disconnected and it's really then so hard for us to be able to support our children in the way that they need or, or ourselves in the way that we need when, when we're feeling disconnected from them. And in contrast, when, when we are feeling compassionate with ourselves or, or compassionate towards our children, it is much easier for us to be able to connect to support them, to, to release the, the painful feelings that are causing them to, to go into using these behaviors. And yeah, if we from if we learn to to be compassionate with ourselves, to be compassionate with our children, we're then able to connect, to offer them play, to listen to feelings, and to do all the things that we know will support our children to release and heal. So they won't be needing to use their control patterns as as much. So there are lots of different things that we can offer our children, and I will go through this this process that we can use, and I'll just talk through before I go through the actual process for for supporting our children I'll just talk through briefly some of the things that we can do and I think the first as I said the first thing is to, is to notice how we're feeling and to resource ourselves so that we can then support our children with how they're feeling or support ourselves with how we're feeling the second thing that I think is really helpful to remember is is how powerful attachment play and playful connection can be to support our children to release the feelings and to not have to use these control patterns so much. So as often as we can, when we're noticing them going into control patterns, we can invite them to to play with us in in these lovely ways that Alisa describes so beautifully in her book, Attachment Play, and bringing some connection, some silliness, some safety, some laughter, some fun, can be enough to to shift those feelings, to release those feelings and to stop our children needing to use the control pattern in the moment. So perhaps we might be inviting them to chase us or perhaps we might be chasing them and offering them a million kisses or anything else that we're doing that can that is silly and fun and gets them laughing. Perhaps we might be making some silly jokes with with our older children. Anything that we are um, offering them that that they can receive as as being an invitation for connection and from laughter will help shift their feelings. And listening to feelings, of course, generally and in the moment can also be really helpful for our children. 
any time that we notice that they're having feelings and that we have capacity to do so, we can offer them compassion. We can offer them empathy. Oh, sweetheart, I really hear how hard this is for you. I'm right here. I'm listening. Tell me more. What else? What else? Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, I really hear how hard that is. These conversations can be so beautiful and where we just hold the space, listen to their feelings. And again, like if they're younger children and they're having a big tantrum, can we stay right there with them? Oh, sweetheart, I'm right here. I hear how hard it is. We're offering them that that loving tone, that physical connection and softness and that presence to, and those beautiful words of, of compassion and empathy. So they can be releasing and healing. And whether I said, when, like I said, whether that's in the moment or whether that is more generally, both of those things will support our children and make it less likely for them to need control patterns. Another way that we can support them is with loving limits. And if you haven't heard, I did a beautiful interview with Marion Rose, who is the one who first coined this term, loving limits. So I really invite you to go back and listen to that. She talks with such wisdom and clarity about loving limits. And loving limits are a really, really powerful tool to bring when our children are using control patterns. So this is a way of us saying, as as Marion described so beautifully, saying a no to their behavior and a yes to their feelings that are underneath that behavior. So again, we're using a loving tone and lots of eye contact and softness, and we are letting our children know that we are not willing for them to keep doing whatever it is that they're doing to, to suppress or repress feelings. And we're making sure that there's, there's no judgment or harshness or criticism in our voice as we are offering them these limits. And as Marion says as well, so beautifully, if our children are, are dissociating, suppressing feelings, then the key with loving limits is to offer them the connection and the empathy first, and then the loving limits second. So if, if they are, for example, asking for more ice cream, and they've already had lots of ice cream, and we're not willing for them to have any more ice cream, we would say, oh, sweetheart, I know you really love ice cream. It's so delicious, isn't it? I'm right here. I'm listening, and I'm not willing for you to have any more ice cream now. So we're offering them that connection and that empathy and that understanding first, and then we're offering them the limit and holding the limit. And of course, all these things are true for us too. And, and learning to support ourselves with our own control patterns is, is really helpful for us to then be able to have more capacity to support our children with their control patterns too. And sometimes it's it's really difficult for us to express feelings, to be with our feelings to be present again with our feelings. And, and many of us learned as young children that we had to suppress them. And so we've spent many years of our lives avoiding feelings and repressing them. And so it, it has to be a really gentle and slow process as we increasingly learn to, to love and appreciate our control patterns and how they kept us safe, to understand more clearly how, how they work and how they've protected us from being punished or hurt in our lives. and to slowly learn to stop judging ourselves about doing these things. And the the, the keys, again, that we, we offer ourselves in this process is, is connection and compassionate inquiry and curiosity into what's going on. And that's the perfect way for us to first respond when we notice ourselves reaching for a control pattern. So we see that that behavior is a sign that there's some feelings for us that might love some loving attention 
And as we reach for our control pattern, we might try to pause, to check in with ourselves, to bring some curiosity to what's there, what's underneath. And again, we can notice if we're going into judgment or harshness or criticism of ourselves. If we are, we can be reaching out for support with our listening partner, maybe in a journal, maybe having some sessions to explore a bit more about what the feelings are that are there. Often it's really hard for us to offer ourselves this compassion and this listening because it's not something that we received and having somebody else there to support us and to hear us is so, so helpful. And sometimes just noticing that there's feelings there for us is a really powerful place to start because this is bringing awareness to how we're feeling. And sometimes we don't want to go into it. Sometimes we don't have capacity to go into it. Sometimes we don't feel the safety to go into it. Sometimes we just just can't, can't face it. And just noticing it that it's there and offering ourselves compassion is, is beautiful. And yeah, then again, we can also connect in playfully with ourselves or with somebody else. Can we bring some laughter and some some fun and some lightheartedness? Can we uh, offer ourselves some some playful connection for ourselves in ways that feel really lovely for us? What do we love to do instead? What can we choose to do to restore and to nourish ourselves in, in a playful, lighthearted way? Again, can we be reaching out for support to be unpacking some of our beliefs about our feelings? Can we be creating new beliefs as we realize increasingly that we it is actually now safe for us to be expressing feelings and to be receiving listening? And can we reach out to our listening partners and be sharing, sharing what we're feeling, sharing some of the deep, painful stuff that's coming up? Often our children's behavior is taking us straight back into younger parts that need, need space, that would love to be heard, would love to be held. And so can we find ways to do that? And so again, then we are much less likely to, to need our control patterns to be suppressing feelings. And we get to heal chunks of, of painful stuff from our past that's coming up. And we get support for the stress and the pain that we're experiencing in the present too. So that again, we're free of some of that and less less needing. So that again, we can choose to be spending our time doing things that that feel lovely, that feel nurturing, that is what we are actually choosing and wanting to do from that really grounded and connected space to ourselves, rather than unconsciously reaching for for behaviors and patterns that, that are going to be suppressing the feelings. So when we are experiencing these painful feelings and we are noticing ourselves going into control patterns, there is a beautiful process that we can use and I'm just going to go through all of those steps. So the first step, if we notice ourselves reaching for a control pattern, is just to pause for a moment and check in. Can you do that? Can you just pause? If you're about to press play, next episode starts in five seconds. If you're about to press play, can you just pause for a moment instead and just check in with yourself? Maybe you might find it helpful to just softly close your eyes, put your hand on your heart, just for a moment and notice, bring some curiosity to how you're feeling in your body, how you're feeling in your heart. And you just bring your mindful awareness to yourself as you breathe in slowly through your nose and, and in through your nose, out through your nose. Can you offer yourself some, some tenderness and some love and some care? 
And just ask yourself, you know, what what's what are you feeling right now? What's in your heart? What are you noticing in your body? Where are there some sensations showing up that you can be aware of as you start to tune in? Where can you notice tension or feelings in your body? Can you just bring your awareness to that for a moment and stay focused on on those sensations, on those feelings? And just observe what happens in your body as you as you offer that attention and that that presence to what's going on inside. And then I wonder, can you ask yourself, you know, are you using a control pattern at the moment? And would you maybe instead just pause and take a moment to feel into what's there? Can you do that? Can you bring some curiosity briefly to what's going on? And if the answer to that is yes, can you listen? to yourself? Can you stay with those sensations in your body and, and see what the message might be there for you? Can you reach out for some listening from your listening partner? Can you get your journal out and explore a bit about what's going on? Can you have a session or two to explore some of these feelings? And if the answer is no, then that's also fine. Can you offer yourself some beautiful extra love and compassion and care that instead of just mindlessly reaching for that control pattern and suppressing those feelings in that moment, you've brought your awareness and love to yourself and you're going to choose instead to mindfully keep using that control pattern. And it's a really different energy then. Yep, I know there's lots of feelings there. I can't be with it right now. It feels too big. I just want to zone out. I just want to dissociate. I'll talk to my listening partner at the weekend. I'll send a voice message to my, a voice note to my listening voice note partner later. Right now, I just want to watch another episode of Netflix and that's what I'm going to do. So again, I'm going to encourage you to be no judgment, no shame, no guilt. And if those feelings are coming up, can you offer yourself lots of love about that and really celebrate that you're choosing to keep using that control pattern to, to take care of yourself in this moment? Either way, it's about offering yourself loving compassion. Either way, it might be offering yourself some playful silliness or reaching out for some laughter in some way. So if you're choosing to watch another episode on Netflix, is there something you might want to watch on Netflix that would actually make you laugh? or you know, if you are sitting there with your partner, might you ask them if they might want to engage in some playful fun with you instead? And yeah, if there's judgment or guilt there, can you lovingly let that go? And to to offer yourself acknowledgement and, and celebration every time you, you have used that control pattern to keep yourself safe and to take perfect care of you when you didn't have the loving support and care that you needed. Can you can you offer yourself real acknowledgement for that? And the same, of course, is true for our children and how we respond to them when they have control patterns that are showing up. So we, again, pause and notice when our children are using control patterns, we become aware. We bring our awareness to their behavior and what their behavior might be trying to communicate to us, what their behavior is telling us about how they're feeling and what they're needing. Can we bring our attention and our curiosity to what might be going on for them? I wonder what they might be feeling. 
And can we check in with ourselves and see, or do we have the spaciousness right now to be able to offer them the loving support that they need with this control pattern, or do we not? And if we if we don't have that spaciousness and that that capacity to listen to feelings, can we not judge ourselves? Can we not guilt or shame ourselves? Can we instead just allow our children to keep using that control pattern and to remind ourselves that we will get the support that we need, we will get resourced so that when we have capacity, when we do have the spaciousness to be able to listen to feelings, we can come back and do so. And in the moment, we just say, right, okay, yeah, yes, you can have another ice cream. Yes, you can watch another episode. Yes, you can play another game. Or, or just to allow them to, to keep biting their nails or cuddling their toy or whatever it is that they're doing and to offer ourselves and them lots of compassion that, that this is what they're doing and that this is keeping them safe and it's it's beautiful and perfect and brilliant and that we will support them further down the track when we are able to. If we do have the spaciousness to be able to be there to support them in that moment, can we move in with some connection and some compassion? Can we move in with some playfulness? Can we move in and and bring some laughter and fun to the moment? So if we notice our child is is sucking their thumb, can we move in and say, oh, and suck our thumbs too and talk about, oh, my thumb is this delicious chocolate flavor today. What flavor is your thumb? And then we might try and suck their thumb too and say, oh, I want that flavor. That's much more yummy. Or maybe we might bring some silly sort of toilet humor to it and say, try and suck our thumbs and say, yeah, our thumb is a bogey flavor. That's disgusting. And be silly about it that way. Or maybe we might be like smelling our thumb and be going, oh, that smells horrible. I'm not sucking that. Or perhaps they're on screens and we might move in with some playfulness and connection and, and jump and bounce next to them wherever they're sitting and say, I, I want to watch with you. Tell me what's going on. Or you know, maybe our teenagers playing a game on the computer and we can move in and be playful and connecting with them. Oh, wow, what are you doing? This looks amazing. Can you teach me how to do it? And then we're really bad at it and they get to experience that powerful competence compared to us and we make, might make lots of silly mistakes. Anything that brings like laughter and connection between you, can we do that? And again, it's really hard to do that if we're, if we're not feeling resourced. So again, if, if we're not feeling that and we don't feel able to do that, can we resource ourselves more? Can we reach out for some support? Can we have a session with an aware parenting instructor? Can we be listening to feelings with our listening partner so that we do have the capacity to be able to move in with some playful fun and silliness with our children? And again, if we do have the capacity in the moment, maybe we might choose to just move in and listen to feelings. If our baby, for example, is is sucking on their thumb or asking to breastfeed, uh, getting distressed when they're not put on the breast, are we able instead to to bring our awareness to what's going on and to be when we're really clear that it is a control pattern that they're using and it is to suppress feelings? Can we instead just be there and to be listening? Oh, sweetheart, I know I'm right here. I really hear how hard it is for you now. I really hear that you you, know, you really want to be breastfeeding right now or you really want to be watching something or you really want to be having some chocolate or whatever it is. I'm right here, sweetheart, and I'm listening. Or maybe yeah, when they're crying at, at times, so we've noticed that they've been using lots of their control pattern behaviors recently. Can we really try to focus on perhaps we might be inadvertently suppressing their feelings at times? Maybe that is with breastfeeding really trying to become more and more aware of of when there's feelings there to be 
expressed when there's their behavior indicating that there's accumulated feelings, perhaps they're not sleeping well. I love how Marion talks about sleep being this barometer of how our children are feeling. So it's not just in relation to control patterns, but are there lots of things going on, including control patterns that are suggesting to us that there's big feelings there? And can we make deliberate, clear attempt to be listening to them more often when they have feelings to share? Uh, perhaps we might be offering them a loving limit. So again, yeah, do we have capacity to, to offer a limit at the moment? Are we willing to be with the feelings that are there? And if the answer to that is yes, can we move in and offer them that connection and that empathy first and then to offer them a no? Oh, sweetheart, no, I'm not willing for you to go and play with your friend now. I hear you. Or I'm not willing for you to eat more food now or whatever it is that they're doing. I, I know, sweetheart, I really hear that you you want to be watching more TV, but we're going to switch off after this episode. And then listening to the feelings that are there for as long as we can. I'm right here, sweetheart, I know. You really wanted to watch more. You really wanted another book. You really wanted to eat some chocolate or whatever it is that they're wanting to do. I'm I'm listening. I'm I'm right here. So there are lots of different ways that we might be able to support our children. And it really comes down to how resourced we feel as, as with all things with aware parenting. And that's why we talk so much as aware parenting instructors about getting listening, having sessions, having a listening partner, using journaling, all this, all of these beautiful techniques to support ourselves so that increasingly we are able to to move in with that loving connection which is as i said this powerful antidote to the disconnection and dissociation that we're going into when we're using control patterns and yeah what a beautiful opportunity this is to be learning to be more forgiving of ourselves to be more compassionate to ourselves to to not be guilting shaming beating ourselves up criticizing ourselves around control patterns around our children or control patterns for us. And again, just to be lovingly compassionate as much as we can. And if we find ourselves struggling with that, seeking that out externally so that increasingly that's something that we are able to offer ourselves. So the other thing I would just share about control patterns that can be really helpful is just to get more clarity for ourselves generally about what's going on for us and what's going on for our children. And that can be really helpful when we just reflect a bit. And I used to find it really helpful, like at the end of the day, when I was lying in bed with my children as they were falling asleep, I would be reflecting back on the day and when I'd noticed that they'd been using control patterns or when I'd noticed that I'd been using control patterns and and just thinking a little bit about how I might have responded differently or or what what's going on there for them, what they might be needing, what they might be feeling or what I might be needing and what I might be feeling. And so this reflection process can be really helpful. And again, this is something that we can do with a listening partner or in a journal. Perhaps we can do it in a session or two, or perhaps, you know, in a group with with other people. But yeah, really just taking some time when the time is right to be reflecting a bit about, you know, how was it for us as children growing up around expressing feelings? Did our parents listen to us? Did they encourage us to express feelings? Or did we have to learn these, these processes, these control patterns in order to suppress our feelings? And what, what did our parents do? Did they express feelings? What did they do when they were stressed? Were they 
modeling to us about healthy expression of feelings or did they have their own suppression mechanisms in order to to keep feelings at bay and you know if you think back to yourself then in your child years it's often really helpful to think about what what did you really need at that time when you were a child what did you really yearn for in order to support you more rather than just repressing feelings with control patterns what would have helped you and that can also really help us to get some clarity about what our children might be needing more from us in order to support them in these ways that we craved as children and so yeah looking for for patterns in our behavior because often the ways that we suppress feelings were the ways that our parents suppressed our feelings or our parents suppressed their feelings. Can we see similarities and themes there? And then can we see that in our children too? So it could be, for example, as a child, I, I suppressed feelings with sucking my thumb. And then that was something that was shifted for me in a way that wasn't terribly helpful because there was lots of, of blame and shame and judgment around thumb sucking. And I remember my my parents putting that really disgusting stuff to stop you biting your nails on your on my thumb to stop so it tasted yucky. So I didn't suck it. But there was never support or emotional expression encouraged. So when we stop our control patterns. In these harsh ways, without the healing support that we need, it often just gets pushed onto something else. And so when I stopped sucking my thumb, I started biting my nails. And I did that for years and years and years, even into my adulthood, I did it for many years too. And even now I notice myself sometimes at times of high stress, biting my nails. That's a really powerful signal to me to go, okay, mm, there's something here for you. Can you, can you get some support? Can you, can you explore what's going on a bit? And then I noticed that with my children, they both developed really strong breastfeeding control patterns. And my son, we didn't even know about aware parenting while he was breastfeeding. So yeah, I noticed that he then would often be asking for food. And my daughter particularly had a strong breastfeeding control pattern and you know, she she might go into asking for sweet things. Um, my son would often ask for yeah, a bottle when he got older uh, and these were powerful ways for, for them to suppress feelings. The other one that was really common for me and um, that I can see in my parents is around busyness, productivity, doing lots of things as a powerful way to, to suppress feelings. It was something that I saw my parents do. It was something that I learned to do. It was something at school um, because I was at boarding school. We were, every moment of our life was, was timetabled. We were always busy as a way to deliberately keep feelings of homesickness at bay. And so I very much had this really strong control pattern around busyness, which I still notice in myself. So I know if I'm rushing around doing lots or working a lot or writing loads around aware parenting and not also taking that time to tend to myself and to listen to myself, that's a really powerful sign. And I can see that in my son too, that he often, when he has lots of feelings, is, is really keeping busy. We've had lots of beautiful conversations over the years and had conversations with him quite recently about that, where I just acknowledged and, and did some rewind with him around that. I really, you know, I really can see that when, you, when you've got feelings, you're often keeping yourself really busy. And I, I know that that came from me and my control pattern around busyness and also then me keeping you busy and active when you had feelings as a child. And so, you know, I'm sorry about the impact on you of that. And I really acknowledge how that continues to impact on you. And I, I'm here to listen to any feelings you might have now. And I really acknowledge how 
how hard it must have been and how hard it still is to not always feel safe to express feelings. And that was really beautiful and powerful conversation too. So yeah, just bringing your awareness to what are you what are you using now as your control patterns? How do you suppress feelings? What what do you like to do? And and how how do you feel about yourself when you're doing that? Are you going into judgment or blame or shame? Are you criticizing yourself for, for using those things? And yeah, looking at your kids, like I said, what what are the ways that they're suppressing their feelings? And and do you notice those themes, those similarities to you? And sometimes when there are themes and similarities, it can bring lots of stuff up for us when we see our children doing things to suppress feelings that we also do to suppress feelings. So again, can we reach out for more support? Can we offer ourselves compassion? Can we offer our, offer our children compassion too? And can we keep trying when we have the capacity to listen to ourselves, to get listening for ourselves and, and to be listening to our children more? And I think just again, reflecting on moving in with more compassion, more play, more fun, more connection when we can. So that the first step is to tune into yourself, to get support for yourself, to get clarity for yourself and to get compassion for yourself if you're going into the judgment. And the second thing is noticing for yourself or for your children what you're what they're doing and what it's telling you about how they're feeling and what they're needing, what they're thinking. And then the third thing is to to move in and to connect. And I ideally that might be through play, through fun, through laughter, or through listening, or through offering these loving limits. And just can you offer yourself deep, deep compassion after listening to all of this? That of course it's normal and natural for us all to have control patterns. They are a beautiful, beautiful way that our body naturally chooses. And I love how Aletha describes this in her book, Healing Your Traumatized Child. She talks about these beautiful natural processes that we all have in response to threat, that we have these, these biological systems that kick in to keep us alive or to keep us safe in times of threat. And that is to go into this sort of fight flight response or to go into these dis this dissociation response. And of course, a big part of this dissociation response is control patterns to be keeping feelings at bay. And so when we recognize it as a natural safety mechanism that it is, it's easier for us not to be judging, not to be harsh, not to be criticizing ourselves or our children. And yeah, I'd just love you to remember that it's so natural for all of us to have control patterns. It doesn't mean that you failed. And if you're tending to go into that judgment, I'm here to listen and I'm here to support you to be increasingly learning to be compassionate, compassionate with yourself, compassionate about the control patterns and compassionate with your children. So if anybody has any questions, I'd love to hear from you. I have some articles on my website free. I've got an article about control patterns if you want to go back and, and read more about this in, in more detail in your own time. And yeah, if you've got anything to share, I'd love love you to come in and comment on my social media, Aware Parenting with Joss, or just send me a message on either on social media or through my website, awareparenting.com.au. And I offer you compassion kindness and love for yourself and for your children for navigating all the stress of the now and all the stress from our past as we slowly shift 
change things for our children so that increasingly they can be free of control patterns and so that the next generation will shift even further. Sending you so, so much love. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm -hmm.